Our kids love fruit. And who can blame them? Apples and oranges and strawberries and bananas, they're all so delicious. And it's really easy to say yes because, hey, they're healthy. Is there really such a thing as too much fruit? Today, we'll talk about variety and if there really is a thing as too much. Plus, when you move to a new city with no friends or family, your child can easily become dependent on you and you on them. How do you get them used to other people and find yourself some new friends? I'm Laura. And I'm Jennifer. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast. Just remember, the best decision is the one you make. We're so glad you're here. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. <coughs> Hi, Moms on Call. Big fan. Uh, my name is Amy, and I'm calling in from Brighton, Michigan. So I have a question about my daughter's diet. Specifically, she loves fruit. She's four, and she's a fruit fiend. I'm afraid she's getting too much sugar from all the fruit, but she asks for it with every meal. I'm conflicted because I love the idea of sticking to a whole food, nutritional diet, mainly fruits, veggies, and proteins, without a ton of processed foods or added sugars but I'm just concerned about her filling up on fruit or eating too much and not getting enough protein. Is there such thing as too much fruit? Thanks. Appreciate your help. To fruit or not to fruit? That is the question. It is the question. (laughs) And, you know. Well, I guess to not fruit is not really the question. That's not really what she said. That's not exactly. I don't know where that came from. To to fruit or not to To fruit too much. (laughs) How do we not over fruit? How do we not (laughs) over fruit? You know, listen. I like fruit. <laughs> is this a confession? It is a confession. Okay. But how yeah. much do you like? Right. I, I I might would eat some really good pineapple for most of my meals. And I'd be just happy. <laughs> fresh? Fresh. Oh, oh fresh pineapple. There's nothing like Right now we're making everybody hungry. Yeah. So, you know, listen. Here's the thing. You control the food. Let her eat it or not. And so as long as you are giving a variety of foods. So, you know, we always believe in three different food groups-ish at each meal. So you offer three different food groups. Now, if you're giving her, you know, a whole pineapple and then two bites of chicken and two (laughs) green beans... It may be lopsided a little bit. Well, she only wants to eat the pineapple, even though the other things are on the tray. She's waiting for more pineapple. She'll hold out. You know, they they do hold out for the good things um, that they like. And so that's a variety. We do like to offer them a variety, but the order that you give it to them and the meals that you do. So can she have some just fruit meals? Yeah. I mean, she's going to be hungry again in half an hour. That's the thing about fruit. Um 
And as long as we we are sure. So you did ask a really good question about, you know, is there too much? Well, yes, you know, we want to make sure when we go to the doctor that they get a urine sample that, you know, we're not dealing with a child who has diabetes. Diabetes in childhood is typically something that's genetic. So, you know, we do want to have those reassurances. And typically at your regularly scheduled checkups, they will do a urine test that can give us um, that great information. So, you know, if we're not dealing with that, then yeah, we can have meals that are just fruit and then meals that are not. And you decide, you know, the meals that are not might be a little bit more of a fight. So planning that meal for the end of the day when you're already frazzled from everything that happened, probably not the best time to pick it. But but pick those times where you're going to very purposefully offer the food in an order that doesn't make it so heavy on the fruit. And there are some fruits with less sugars. And we like this also with the vegetables. You know, canned vegetables have a lot of salt in them. Um, And, you know, there are some fruit options that aren't quite as sugary as, say, uh, you know, grapes, which you very beautifully show us how to cut correctly in the online class. Yeah, but now there's this thing that you can get. It almost looks like a syringe. Mm -hmm. And you pop the grape in and you press the, the plunger and the grape comes out perfectly cut. That's a non choking hazard. I would like to get one of those. In our next podcast, we're going to eat those slices of grapes. We should all get one. So, you know. We will be overfruited. (laughs) Overfruited. So, in this situation, limit the amounts, the serving sizes of of those fruit things. It's perfectly fine for her to have fruit at every single meal. Um, And look at ways that you can, like Jennifer said, some of those fruits that are a little bit less sugar. Uh, Go for some of those at times. Um, One way to kind of get things in where she may not even realize that it's not a fruit is you can take like a sweet potato and put in the oven and roast that sweet potato with a little bit of cinnamon and a little bit of nutmeg. And a lot of times they'll eat that thinking that they're eating fruit. Well, I've, you've made it for me that way. You make it on the online classes and I get to be the taste tester because you're Always. the good kick and I'm the taste tester. Always. And it is delicious. You can make, well, not only sweet potatoes, you also made squash oh, that yeah. was out squash of this world. Um, the broccoli tasted magnificent. Yeah. Really go watch um, the second the first and the second online class, and you will see Laura in the kitchen, and she will show you how to make the most delicious vegetables your kid or you have ever eaten, and it will probably help um, broaden your child's palate because it's really easy, so much easier than I thought to make some of those other food groups taste really, really good without adding additional sugar. Just use those spices and I don't know what you put on that. It's in the online class. She tells her. She puts the recipes in there. And, you know, and I think, you know, also when you're doing something like, you know, a smoothie, you could do a smoothie and throw in a few handfuls of spinach. And now it's not just a fruit smoothie, right? Now it's a smoothie that's got some spinach or some flaxseed or you know, chia seeds in it and yogurt. And so, you know, there's ways to do that. Really, I think what we're saying is don't overstress about it. Mm-hmm. Provide a variety. You provide the food. She eats it or we're not. Good. Yeah. Hey there. I'm Natalie. 
My husband and I just moved across the country from California to Atlanta about four months ago, and my daughter was born just four weeks before we moved. We moved away from all our friends and our family for my husband's job, and it's just us here. My daughter, who's almost five months now, has become super attached to me and only me. We had some family come and visit for the first time a few weeks ago, and my daughter just screamed the whole time at if, if anyone besides me was holding her. No one else could soothe her or calm her down. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so we don't have any need for daycare or outside help. And I know she's still a baby, but is this just a phase? Should I be worried that she's getting too attached to just one person? Thanks. Bye. Well, welcome to Atlanta. We are a pretty friendly bunch. So we when you do get out it. there, I think you're going to like us. Yes. We we cook really well. We do. We're pretty we fun. Great food and, and sports. Yes, sports. Oh, we have some well, really good sports. Well, yeah, I'd say this. Yes, year. we do. All right, football was horrible <laughs> okay. this year. We're going to get so in so let's much just trouble. Not even. We'll wait till next year. Well, there's always next year. Oh, we're so glad you're here. And this is a great question. So, um, when I was the director of early childhood education, and we used to have to help kids transition from a home environment, much like what you spoke of, to an environment where they're being watched by, you know, very responsible but strangers nonetheless, um, and other kids and a new environment, um, sometimes kids would just have to, what I called, scream it out. And I always had a teacher that was willing to come and just let that first couple of days to just hold that child on their hip. And I did this myself many occasions and just reassured the mom, like, you know what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kind of brainwash your kid a little bit, and I'm going to do it in such a loving way. It's going to it's going to work like a charm. It'll probably take a couple of times. So just really try and be here, you know, regularly. And I would just take that child on my hip and I would say, this is a great place to be and you're safe here. Screaming, that kid screamed the whole time, right? My ear, I'm just keeping on with my other hand. You know, when you have more than one kid, you can do so much with one hand and a kid on your hip. Right. So I'm doing everything else that I need to do. This kid is just screaming on my hip for an entire hour and 10 minutes. And all I'm doing is occasionally, I'm just saying, you know, this is a great place to be and you're safe here. And just keeping my um, energy level just very calm. And I will tell you, it works every time like a charm. So I don't want your family to get their feelings hurt, but we are going to have to help even a five-month-old become familiar. And we're going to need a helper with that. We're going to need that somebody that will help us. And, you know, in a mother's morning out setting around here, oh, they're so wonderful about it. And if you let them know you're okay with that, like you don't have to call me if she cries. Just if you would just reassure her in those reassuring tones until she has a chance to get used to it. This is all she's known. And oftentimes what we do is we start to convince ourselves that she can't. And what Laura and I are here to tell you today is a wonderful news. Is that she can. She can. And one of the things that I found that helps with this, because as they're just coming into that five, six, seven month kind of age point, they're starting to to realize that just because I don't see something doesn't mean it's not there. So start playing some of those fun peekaboo games where you hide behind and you pop back up so that she starts, oh, wait, I can't 
see her, but she's still here. And, you know, um, hiding things underneath little boxes and hold, and pulling the box up so that they can see what's underneath. So start playing some hide and seek games as well. And, you know, when dad is home, look for opportunities to leave her with dad and you walk away and you come back and you walk away and you come back and you leave for a little bit longer and you come back. Begin to work with what she's just now starting to to kind of put together. It's yeah. like, oh, wait, even though I don't see this thing, it's they still always there. come back. You're training them. Object permanence. They yeah. always come back. And those are great, fun things to do. But even if she doesn't like it, do it. And, you know, when we have these handoffs. Oh, that's a good one. Oftentimes it's immediate and these people smell funny or different. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing against your family. Grandpa Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is that old spice? Wow. That is very spicy. Um, And, you know, so they don't know how the transition works. So oftentimes if it's not immediate, let her warm up in your space, in your arms, and then maybe put her down in the bouncy seat and let her stay in the bouncy seat. But you pick her back up and you hand her to the other person as opposed to then coming in and grabbing her out of a bouncy seat or them coming in and just, you know, grabbing her out of your arms the minute they get there. Some kids just need to warm up. So give it a little time and then let them know, like, you know, she may not respond to this because you're unfamiliar, not because she doesn't love you. She's not going to develop a relationship with you. It's just this isn't what happened yesterday, and that's their whole world. So if you hold her, even if she's, you know, upset for a while, if you, you give know, work time. with her, yeah, give her some time and some space. Oftentimes they do absolutely, quote unquote, grow out of it. And that's a good point. Like, you know, have those newer people that come in, you know, whether it's friends or family, have them come and just sit down. Have them sit down on the floor and have her sitting on a play mat two, three feet away and just sit. Just nobody grab at her. Hold up a second, you know, and give her some time to kind of get used to what's going on in this room. And dad, I love that Paco Rabanne, but (laughs) you could just go light on that. It's really a new scent for her. And, you know, when you're when you're moving to a, a new community, a new area, and you don't have family and friends that are already built in, right? It can be a little bit scary and Intimidating. a little hard to yeah. try and just find your people. But there are some great, great ways. You've got a lot of churches in the area have Mother's Morning Out programs that you could start to go to. There's fitness classes like Mommy and Me flip fitness classes or Daddy and Me, you know, swim classes. Um, and there's a lot of those meetups at the park that you can do with your with friends and just begin to build relationship and try and find people that are in that same age bracket and same situation that you can start to venture out. All the community centers. And then there's just a lot online where you can connect with people online. I mean, you're in the Atlanta area. Just mom's on call it. You'll see where all of our people are all the time. 
on social media and Instagram. They are um, involved in so many wonderful things. And if you do have a faith element, whatever that is, they that's often just such a great start because you just feel like, you know, they're they're really taking a lot of time and effort to kind of put together programming that would serve young families. We have so much of that here. Yeah. And hopefully across the country, wherever you are. So start with, with your, with your faith family, try and find, you know, some of those groups, those meetup groups, look online, try to find uh, some of these group fitness or group breakfast, or there's so many ways to try and find that information now. But there are some really great, understanding, very funny people waiting for you. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey.